G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Back for another one of our Tuesday updates, checking in on breaking news out of Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines for us once again. Back with us. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Hey, Ron, let's start with the headline about the Palestinian threat to cut ties with three more countries announcing Jerusalem embassies. What's the story here? Yeah, the Palestinian Authority warned on Sunday that it would cut ties with any country that opened its embassy in Jerusalem after Serbia, Kosovo and Malawi announced their intentions to open diplomatic missions in the Israeli capital. Palestine will sever its relations with any country that will move or open its embassy to Jerusalem, veteran Palestinian official Saib Erekat tweeted. Violating international law is a sign of weakness, not strength, he said. It's relevant to point out Jerusalem was never part of Palestinian territory. The eastern part of the city, which had been under Jordanian occupation for 19 years, was liberated by Israel during the 1967 Six-Day War. Israel formalized that move in 1980 with the Basic Law, which affirmed the protection of Jerusalem's holy sites for all religions. Interestingly enough, the newly appointed Malawian president, Lazarus Chakwera, is an evangelical and ardent pro-Israel supporter of Israel and announced his intention on Saturday to establish his country's first embassy in Jerusalem. If Shikari goes through with his promise, it would be the first African country to take this step. Amazing things happening in the international relations with Israel right now. I imagine, Ron, just we before we move on, it's a little bit like there's a, a little more freedom with the beginning of the peace plan that's begun to be enacted. Uh, any thoughts around that? Is that giving more nations this freedom to be able to connect in some way with Israel? Well, I think we can't go past the influence of Donald Trump in all of this and the uh, oil relations between nations like Saudi Arabia and uh, the United States. And I think to get the cross-nation economy working together, there's been some promises made to support the peace agreement that Trump initiated. Uh, It was very interesting to note it was Trump that announced the opening of the various embassies to Jerusalem, and uh, Netanyahu paid tribute to him uh, for that achievement. Ron, a headline that's very close to this thought where the Saudi king has called for a fair Palestinian solution in a phone call with US President Donald Trump. What are the headlines saying here? Yes, Saudi Arabia supports a fair solution for the Palestinian cause, King Salman told Donald Trump in a phone call. 
the president called him to praise the kingdom for opening its airspace to Israel-UAE flights. Saudi Arabia has said it will not follow the United Arab Emirates, which announced last month it would establish diplomatic ties with Israel, which I saw this morning represents about $4 billion uh, to the Israeli economy. In a phone call to Trump on Sunday, Salman affirmed the kingdom's keenness to reach a lasting and fair solution to the Palestinian cause to bring peace. Last week, Saudi Arabia agreed to permit UAE flights to all countries to overflow the kingdom as Israel Premier Benjamin Netanyahu announced the launch of regular direct flights linking the UAE with the Jewish state. The announcement came just days after the first direct commercial flight from Tel Aviv to Abu Dhabi. Ron, uh, let's talk coronavirus. The Israeli death count has now exceeded a 1,000. The pandemic poses a threat too to the Jewish high holiday celebrations. Uh, What's likely to happen here? Yeah, the death count reached 1,010 over the weekend. Ultra-Orthodox Jews say they will never forgive Benjamin Netanyahu for imposing a selective lockdown on their cities. And Corona Tsar Ronnie Gabzu says he's terrified of the ramifications of the upcoming Jewish holidays, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur and Sukkot, all are in September-October. Last week it was reported that Israel's soaring coronavirus infection rate was the worst in the world. Based on statistics from John Hopkins University, Israel averaged 199.3 new infections per million people, putting it past Brazil, Spain, the United States and France. Uh, Ron, casting our sights further to the northeast, where there's some Turkish airstrikes that have left a Christian village in the Kurdistan region deserted. What's the story? Yeah, residents of a Christian village in northern Iraq's Kurdistan region have been forced to abandon the settlement in recent months over Turkey's ongoing military operations in the area. Over the past two months, the small Christian village of Shirinish has been devastated by Turkish airstrikes targeting Kurdistan Workers' Party fighters in region, which borders Iran, Turkey and Syria. Christian residents caught in the crossfire told Iraqi Kurdistan news agency Rador that they've been forced to desert the hamlet. This is our village, the village of Shirinish. They set fire to all our farms and they bombed the area around the village. They even bombed the village proper. So we left the village and escaped a resident, Aman Hassan, said. And Ron, let's finish up on a high note. Some first temple period palace treasures have been discovered in a famous Jerusalem promenade. Yeah, a rare collection, breathtaking really, of several dozen adorned architectural stone artefacts dating to the first temple period, which together were part of a magnificent structure and were discovered in the Israel Antiquities Authority excavations in the Amon Hatziv Promenade, where past British governors of the land of Israel resided until 1948. 
the dig was conducted ahead of the establishment of a visitor centre on the promenade. According to Yaakov Billig, director of the IAA excavation, this is a very exciting discovery. It's a first-time discovery of scaled-down models of the giant proto aelian capitals of the kind found thus in the kingdoms of Judah and Israel, where they were incorporated above the royal palace gates. Billig believes the structure built in the period between King Hezekiah and King Josiah indicates the restoration of Jerusalem after the Assyrian siege of the city in 701 BCE during the reign of King Hezekiah, a siege which the city barely survived. Back to the Bible, Neil. Back to the Bible. Wonderful archaeological discoveries that affirm those biblical accounts. Hey, Ron, always so good getting your insights into what's going on today. And always love it, too, to get those reflections which come to light when there is those archaeological digs and how much significance they cast on our understanding of history, too. Thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.